Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. the white witch podcast with me Carly hope you are all well witches I wanted to start off by apologizing for not showing up recently I got truly bit on the bum by mercury in retrograde I must have got really cocky thought I was going to escape it but no 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 my flat flooded had loads of plumbing issues temporarily relocated to my family's home But it's all good. It's all back on track. Some form of normality has now resumed as normal as my life will ever get. But yeah, just wanted to apologize for not showing up. And I really feel grateful to be back now doing this, doing what I love. So this is the 20th episode. Can you even believe it? I can't. It's crazy. So June had the biggest amount of listens ever at just over 4,000. And I am stunned. I remember the first week that I did this and 18 people listened and I think that was just mostly my mum just to make me feel better. It's never been that bad the numbers but it just shocks me because I'm like sitting in my bedroom on my own and the fact that even 18 people listen is like mind-blowing to me. So I'm going to stop hyperventilating and thank you. I'm so grateful like I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I am But anyway, on today's episode, we have a show all about familiars or rather animals and how they relate to witchcraft. So we will delve into animal symbolism and law. I know usually we cover three different topics. So obviously our book review and then two witchy topics. But this was a real juicy one. We have a lot to cover. So we're just going to have the book review and then delve into familiars. For today's book review, I am reviewing a real treasure of a book. The book is called The Magpie and the Wardrobe, a curiosity of folklore, magic and spells written by Sam McKechnie and Alexandrine Portelli. So I came across this book through the podcast Fabulous Folklore with IC. And I know on my Facebook page recently, If you're not over there already, why not? It's the White Witch Company on Facebook. So a lovely listener asked if anyone could recommend any other good witchy podcasts to listen to. And I have to recommend this one as it's one I've been listening to for a while now. So I see covers a lot on witches in folklore. Overall, it is, you know, folklore, legends, superstitions and mythology So I definitely recommend giving her a listen if you are looking for another similar podcast. So she got me onto this book. It is a beautiful hardback book. I will link some pictures in the show notes 
also on Instagram and Facebook so you can really get a feel for what the book is all about. It's a, you'll just see what I'm talking about. It is a mixture of witchy content. So it's got in there tassiology, so tea leaf reading, which I know we covered on one of our later past episodes, color magic, making smudge sticks, magic spells, magic cake recipes, cake is always good, palmistry. It is packed with lore in relation to witches, fairies, folklore, fairy tales, keepsakes, curiosities, lucky charms and superstitions. It is a bit like sitting, listening to a dear old grandmother telling you tales of old with all the pictures to go with it. And it will certainly transport you back to your childhood, even though it's an adult's book. It is pure escapism. So it's got some magical little stories in there, but a lot of factual elements too. The book's gorgeous. It's peppered throughout with pictures. If you are putting together your own book of shadows, this could give you all the inspiration that you need. It's beautiful. It's more of a coffee table book. So one that you would probably pick up from time to time and read. It's broken down month by month. So it looks at different saint days and different traditions that we have across the year, mainly relating to paganism. So if you consider yourself particularly artsy, I know we are, we all have it in us, we are all creative and artsy, but this book will definitely get you fired up creatively. So I bought a secondhand copy quite a while back and I still regularly go back and read it. Every time I go back to it, I find another section that I haven't seen It would take you a while to fully exhaust this book. I mean, there are tons of different crafts in there, loads of ideas that you could weave into your own craft. So I'm just going to read you a little snippet from the book in relation to bird lore that ties into today's topic of familiars. Early records show that birds were thought to be the messengers of the gods and empowered to bring omens. Their songs have inspired us for many centuries. In Britain, seabirds were commonly thought to be the reincarnated souls of dead sailors. The wren. In Welsh, the word drew, D-R-Y-W, apologies, means both druid and wren. Druids believed that the wren is the holder of great wisdom. The raven. It is believed that witches transform themselves into ravens to escape persecution. In Somerset, there is a tradition of tipping your hat to a raven. The Kingfisher. According to legend, the Kingfisher flew so high, his feathers were stained blue and gold from the sun and the sky. The Owl. So seeing an owl during daylight is considered unlucky. The Swallow. A swallow is said to carry two precious jewels, a black one for good luck and a red stone that has the power to cure insanity. The cuckoo. In the 17th century, many believed that the cuckoo went to live in a fairy hill each winter or transformed himself into a hawk. The blackbird. A blackbird building a nest on your home is considered good luck. And lastly, the robin. Whatever kindnesses that one shows a robin will be returned. So yes, you wouldn't even need to be, I mean, you could buy this for somebody else who isn't a witch. They would still get so much from it. It's stunning. Join me after the break where we talk all about familiars. 
Welcome back. So let's talk all about familiars. Most witches tend to have an affinity with living things and a love of nature. So in addition to loving our pets, we tend to also be the guardians or protectors of some of the smallest creatures. Familiars are said to be enchanted creatures who follow and guide new witches to protect them while they learn their craft. So familiars are said to be naturally attuned to the seasons and phases of the moon, and they are said to be able to help baby witches gain a heightened awareness of their environment. Familiars are said to be spirit beings that witches make a pact with. These pacts include exchange for offerings, lending of power, protection and companionship. You may have many familiars in your lifetime and a familiar is not always permanently bound to their witch. It is said that they could also shapeshift and appear differently through their time with a witch and superstitions of the past were that witches could shapeshift into a cat. Tasks that familiars are said to perform can be spying, companionship, protection, knowledge, to aid travel between worlds and assist a witch develop their abilities. So personally, my own two familiars help me with literally the companionship side of that. Most of those other tasks, I very much doubt it. In respect to protection, though, if I was broken into, my dog would probably just lick them to death as opposed to notifying me that they are there. But things I have learned from having my own familiars are compassion, kindness and care. So I actually stopped eating meat and pretty much all dairy after having my dog. I say that like I gave birth to him, but he is my furry baby. As to be honest, he just reminds me of a pig. So he is a French bulldog and... So I just want to give a shout out to Lisa over on Instagram because she also has a Frenchie and she referred to hers as a bat pig. And that has stuck with me because that is exactly what they look like. So in having him, I really started to feel affinity with other animals. And he also makes me stick to a routine. So taking him out for a walk, even when I can't be bothered to, I have to show up. This has really helped me with my mental health, so it gets me out into nature, but also because he's always there and oh, it makes me feel a bit emotional. <laughs> I'm never on my own with him. We are just not worthy of dogs and their love, honestly. But so beyond the witch panics of the medieval period, familiars were originally seen as a form of guardian angels. So In ancient Greece, some believed in the daemon, which is a personal spirit that guided a person's actions. Even Socrates talked about having one. So if you think his dark materials, the book written by Philip Pullman, that's a major part of the story. During the witch panic, people believed familiars were demons or fairies and that they fed on the blood of their witch and became servants. Many think the word familiar comes from famulus, which is Latin for servant. At one point during the witch hysteria in Europe, the mere possession of a black cat or unusual pet was enough for you to be investigated as a witch. So this is what led to the investigation for a witch's teat to see if the person being investigated had a blemish or skin tag that witch hunters associated with the feeding of their familiars with blood rather than milk. 
So some modern day witches will refuse to use the word familiar due to it paying respect to the witch hunters who tortured their victims to admit many things that were likely untrue. The concept that the witch hunt was simply a means to suppress and control women by labelling skin tags as evidence of witchcraft, this would mean many older women were instantly targeted. So please just let me state this. You do not need to have a familiar by any means. It is not an essential part of your journey as a witch. Many of us can't even have pets in our home. So if we rent or have other household members that will not allow it. And I've been in that position for a big portion of my life where I rented, I like live with somebody else that didn't want a pet. So please do not feel today's episode is a declaration for you to run out and buy or adopt a pet. If you are ever getting a pet, please adopt wherever you can. This episode is all about drawing on the energy of animals. So ones that you see out in nature or just overall, just taking on some of their energy within your craft. So I wanted to run through some different animals, birds and insects with you and insight into some of the messages that they may bring with them to us witches. So the crow It is said that wherever there are crows, there is magic. They are symbols of spiritual creation and strength. The crow is said to be exceptionally wise and attracted to spiritual people and witches and crows go together like bees and honey. I would love a crow to adopt me, if I'm honest. So crows are exceptionally intelligent. They have had many studies carried out on them that demonstrate that they are able to tool make and problem solve. According to law, if you hear a crow's call from a west direction, this is said to mean that a great wind is soon to come. A crow's call from the southwest is a sign of unexpected profit, and a call from the southeast is said to mean that an enemy is coming. Wiccans hold crows in high regard as spiritual messengers. They are often depicted in tarot cards, sometimes on the shoulder of a witch. They are associated with life magic, the mystery of creation, destiny, personal transformation, alchemy, I love that word, intelligence, higher perspective, being fearless, flexibility and adaptability. They remind us to look for opportunities to create and manifest the magic of life and to see that magic is alive within our world every day and available to us. The cuckoo. When you hear the first cuckoo call in the spring, it is said that you should quickly make a wish and it will be granted. This bird is considered good luck, and if you see one, that cash will soon come into your life. They are elusive birds, so if you do see one, it is very lucky. The blue tit. These little birds bring happiness and news of weddings and births. If you have these in your garden, it is said that everything will grow abundantly. Should you spot a dishevelled, scruffy blue tit on your bird feeder in the garden, he might just be really old, blow him a kiss and it is said they will live to see another year. (laughs) So the blackbird Blackbirds are held in high esteem as they are thought to be very psychic. If a blackbird looks you straight in the eye and sings as if it is just for you, this is said to mean that love is on the way to you. The magpie. 
Magpies get a bad rap due to killing other birds and taking eggs from nesting songbirds. They also steal bright and shiny objects, but crows, jays, ravens and jackdaws also do this. They don't get the same stick for it. Wiccans over the course of time are said to have embraced the magpie despite the bad reputation that it has. So some Chinese witches consider them beautiful and say that they are half raven, half dove. Magpies are said to be attracted to spiritually blessed places. So if you see them around your garden, it is said that your home and property is protected. They are highly intelligent birds. The finch. It is said that a finch will ruffle its feathers as a message that you are not being honest with yourself. They are said to be truth seekers. You can tell a finch your troubles and he will fly away, taking your problems with him and leaving them to disappear into the clouds. The owl. Known as the fortune teller, they are said to hold all of the secrets of the universe. A strix is a genus, which is a group of owls and another word for witch. They share many symbolic attributes with witches, such as working alone at night under the moon and holding mystical knowledge. So Hecate, the queen of witches, has an owl companion. The owl has often been seen as a bad omen foretelling death. They are also seen as clairvoyant. Due to their ability to swivel their neck to see behind them, combined with their large eyes, they are associated with knowledge and prophecy and ability to see all. They are linked to the occult and also viewed in certain cultures as a traveller between the realms of life and death. You may wish to invoke the owl during any form of divination to help you see correctly. The robin. So I love robins. I always associate my nan with robins. She absolutely adored them. Her birthday was on Christmas Day. So robins are, of course, strongly associated with Christianity. One of the beliefs is that the robin gained its red breast from the blood of Jesus after it plucked the deepest thorn from Jesus's brow when he was dying from the cross. So the first thing I wanted to say on this when I was at school, like we went to Israel on a school trip and I thought there is no way that you would find a robin in Jerusalem. However, I looked into this and robins do actually flock to Israel from Northern Europe and Asia. So that told me. I personally love the image of a gardener. So with a little robin following them around for the worms when they're digging. You can speak to robins if you are out in your garden and see one. They do sometimes follow you around if you are gardening. And if a robin is a regular visitor to your garden, this is considered to be very lucky. Should a robin enter into your home unexpectedly, this is said to be an omen of sad news or even news of a death on its way. The swallow. If a swallow nests in the eaves of your home, this is said to be protection for your home against bad weather. And the woodpecker. It is said that witches have long believed this bird has magical powers and is the guardian of all trees. If you are able to catch some of the dust from a hole a woodpecker has been drilling, you can use it in spells to bring about happier times. The wren. So the wren in ancient mythology was often referred to as the king of the birds. 
Unlike the robin and the owl, if this bird flies into your home and stops for a visit, it is said that they leave behind good luck and magic and that following their visit, something wonderful should happen within your life. They are apparently notoriously stubborn and might be tricky to get out of your home. The raven. Often considered as tricksters, they are said to be guardians of sacred and secret mysteries. They are associated with psychic powers and their feathers are sometimes used to aid clever. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It is said that if the raven is your spiritual guide, you will excel in the magical arts. The average IQ of a human is said to be 100. And the raven, relatively compared, has an IQ of 138. They have the ability to recognise people by their faces. They are also able to make tools and solve puzzles. So they're definitely more intelligent than me. Ravens are symbolic of intelligence. They have a reputation in mythology for protecting mankind. They've also worked with shamans to whisper to them what was about to come. They've been viewed as an omen of death, and this is linked to them being seen in history after a battle feasting on the dead. So some real Morrigan vibes there. Draw on Raven energy if you are a student and seeking wisdom. You may want to do this through keeping an image of a raven near blue candles on your altar. It is said that if you light the candles every Monday, they can help you with tests mental challenges or outwitting a foe. Furry familiars. So the badger, it is said that the badger can sense when it is in the presence of a witch and has supernatural powers. They are from the weasel family and classed as a lunar animal. So lunar animals are magical creatures associated with lunar goddesses. It is said that if your garden sits on magical ley lines, badgers will be attracted to it and visit nightly. Ley lines are paths of spiritual energy that run through the earth and are said to be where ancient monuments were built and sacred sites aligned. So badgers are exceptionally intelligent animals. The bat is sometimes seen as a symbol of evil and death. They get such a bad press. So the bat is seen as a symbol of the night and all the hidden mysteries one can learn if they open their eyes whilst everyone else is asleep. Bats are able to find their way through the darkest night using echolocation 
and you may want to work with their energy to help you find your way through dark times. You could do this by keeping on your person a small bat talisman or bat figurine. If bats nest under your roof, it is a sign of better things to come or said to be a sign, and they are said to be found near wherever a witch resides. Frogs, toads, and newts. So some witches who have strong knowledge of herbal medicinal powers may be fortunate to have a couple of garden amphibians that have adopted them. Again, this is another goal I need to work on. You need to be so careful. So if you have a lawn to mow or if you are working out in the garden as frogs, toads, newts, amphibians, they are so easily camouflaged. So make sure you look out for them before you do any work. They are said to be lucky to have around your home, so in your garden around your home. If one is killed or found dead on your property, it has been said that it could be the omen of the loss of a friend. The hare, another lunar creature highly regarded by the Wiccan community. The hare has long been worshipped as it represents fertility and a new beginning. Stargazing hares are said to be attracted to the full moon and stars and are said to be some of the most magical creatures as they worship the moon. If you sight one, it's exceptionally lucky and something magical should happen to you. The hare has many tales in history of women shape-shifting into hares to steal from their neighbours or to escape from danger. In the Dark Ages and early modern era, the hare was a popular familiar of witches. So Tib was a familiar spirit during the Pendle Witch Trials in England who was said to appear as a hare. The theory is that hares were associated with witches because they were sacred to the goddesses of the past, so Istra, Artemis, Hecate and Holder. So when the Christians wanted to convert the pagans, they had to make the old customs and deities look evil. So they turned sacred animals into witches, familiars or evil spirits. So horses, superstition states that the horse has a problem with witches. As sensitive animals, they have a very different vibration to ours it is said that Wiccan vibration can freak them out and they be can become skittish and frisky around the energy. This is supposedly due to them sensing psychic energies from within a, within a witch and because they can't fathom it, it makes them anxious. However, once they settle down and get used to you, a true friendship can be formed. So they are just super sensitive to our energy and cannot fathom what's different about us. I've spent a lot of my childhood and a good part of my adult life working with and riding horses. However, I wasn't fully practicing my craft when, you know, I started working with them. So I'm not sure of my thoughts on this, but be keen to hear your thoughts if you are a horse lover or you work with horses. Horses are seen as symbolic of gods and goddesses alike. So good and evil, life and death. The rabbit. So if a rabbit is found in your garden, it is said to be news of a baby on the way for you or someone close to you. So let's delve into insects. So bees. Without bees, our world would not exist in the way we know. 
They are classed as little priests of the garden with their symmetrical honeycombs. These are symbols of perfection and harmony achieved when a group works as one. So bees have mystical links to gods and spirits and they create honey that is a sacred food of the gods created from sunlight and fruits of the earth. Bees are symbolic of transmutation and the divine. The name Dumbledore from Harry Potter actually comes from the old English form of the word bumblebee. So due to them looking soft and fuzzy, but with a sting if provoked, they are a symbol of mothers protecting their families. So I actually have a tattoo of a bee underneath my daughter's name tattoo to signify family. However, I had no idea of the mother symbolism. Bees should be admired for their hard work ethic and focus. So if you are struggling with motivation on a project, especially one involving others, it is said that using the symbol of a bee as a talisman will help keep you on track and to remind you that hard work pays off. You should apparently never swear in front of a bee as they are thought to weaken in the presence of negativity. And if one flies into the palm of your hand, it is said that you will soon receive money. The butterfly. So the Greek word for butterfly is said to be psyche, and it has its association as a result with the soul throughout many cultures. The butterfly is seen as a communicator between us on earth and the spiritual realm. So butterflies go through metamorphosis and the butterfly reminds us that changing your life is never easy, but never impossible. The grasshopper. So if you happen to come face to face with a grasshopper, you will have to make a decision about a journey that lies ahead of you. So one of the saddest memories I have of a grasshopper is one that got into one of my old flats and I couldn't find him anywhere but I could hear it all day for weeks on end. This was in the summer. It really depressed me thinking about him being stuck in my flat. I was looking for him for a while. It still makes me feel sad, actually. But strangely, looking back on this experience at the time, had a really toxic relationship. Me and my ex-partner, we were back and forth deciding whether we should live together again or not. So perhaps this is what this signified. The ladybird. So ladybirds are said to be witches' little familiars. If one lands on you, many blessings will come. Hold it in your cupped hand, tell it your secrets, then make a wish and let it go. The spider. So I love spiders. They are not everyone's cup of tea. However, they are very attracted to witches. We are like magnets to them. So they aren't strictly speaking insects, but they are um, an invertebrate amphropod with an exoskeleton. They're said to be the only living creature on the planet that can understand the human language, although I don't know how we figured this out. It is said that if you put a spider in your pocket for a few moments, it will increase your wealth. Although I feel really mean doing that. I love me a money spider. I have no issue with holding or rescuing spiders at all. You should never kill a spider intentionally. It is said to be very bad luck if you do and that you will have a year of hardship. If you want to remove a spider from your space, please do it really carefully. They are said to be very vulnerable and easily upset. And like my mum always said to me, more frightened of us than we should be of them.
the fox. Oh, sorry, we're back to furry fam, like furry familiars now. Um, I don't know what I was doing when I was doing this research. So the fox is always portrayed as the trickster and one who uses their charms to achieve goals. So in mythology, the fox is a seducer. In Christianity, the fox is linked to the devil. So when women are described as foxy, they are seen as attractive, but also devious and able to lure innocent men to their doom. Great favourite pastime. The fox is the perfect animal energy to draw upon when you need help solving a problem or getting out of a sticky situation due to their ability to outwit its foe with a smile on its face and its bushy tail high. To draw on their energy, draw a fox image on the bottom of candles when you are performing spells. The dog. So hounds have always been associated with the afterlife for thousands of years. Many witches had black dog familiars. Alison Device of the Pendlewitch Trials confessed to having a familiar that took the form of a black dog. So Hecate is always depicted as being served by two ghost hounds. And dogs have long been tied to the crossroads between life and death. The wolf. So again, I have a tattoo of a wolf. They're one of my favourites. During the Dark Ages in Northern Europe, wolves and witches were closely linked. And during the witch trials, many women were accused of witchcraft and shape-shifting into wolves. So leaving the most popular till last, the cat. The most popular companion of witches. Again, I adore cats. They are completely different to owning a dog. We are pretty much their servants. I I feel really bad saying owning, so I feel like my dog is just my baby. I don't want to think about owning him. So cats have the ability to live perfectly happily without us. Cats have always been linked to matters of the occult and are said to be able to peer through the veil of other realms. They are the only beings that can enter or leave a magic circle without breaking its energy field. And they are believed to be able to alert their owner to the presence of spirits. So throughout history, even today, cats have always been viewed as incredibly psychic and working with feline energy is said to help develop your intuition. Cats are both tame and wild and symbolise harnessing natural powers through magic. They can teach us to balance the physical world with a deep awareness of nature and spirit. So witches have often had cats as familiars throughout the course of time. During the 17th century in Europe, cats were often burnt at the stake or drowned along with witches who may or may not have even been their owners, they were just killed outright. And this was purely because cats were believed to be witches' familiars. Black cats were the most targeted. The Egyptians held cats in such a high esteem, but if a pharaoh died, their cat would be required to be embalmed and added to the pharaoh's tomb to join them on the journey to the spiritual realm. So despite being domesticated 4,000 years ago, cats will still maintain a feral wildness we have managed to breed out of other pets. So cats will continue to kill birds and mice despite being well-fed because they understand that in order to survive, they must keep up with their hunting skills should ever a time come when they get lost or trapped. 
It is said that if your cat really loves you, they will hunt for you and leave small offerings. Not all animals, like not all cats do this, so don't feel unloved if yours doesn't. I've had cats that haven't. These are said to be small gifts to thank you for looking after them. And it is said that you should thank them politely for the offering and dispose of the poor creature in private so as not to offend your familiar because they don't realise we are usually disgusted that they killed it. So grimalkin is an old word used for domestic cats, generally used for elderly female felines. So it was often used when women were tried as witches and accused of using their cats as familiars. And even Shakespeare used the word in Macbeth. One of the witches referred to her familiar, a cat, as Grimalkin. So if your cat has shed fur, you can add this to a spell bag for grace, peacefulness or resourcefulness. And feline deities are often associated with magic, beauty and fertility. So examples of deities linked to felines would be Bast and Freya. That bashing around in the background is actually Taro, my cat, which is doing my nutting. But anyway... Uh I have a protective blessing for cats for you that you may or may not wish to use. So, bust of beauty and of grace, protectress of the feline race, shield, insert your cat's name here, from all hurt and harm, and keep him or her always safe and warm. Watch over, insert your cat's name here, from day to day, and guide him or her home if he or she should stray and grant him or her much happiness and a good life free of strife and stress. So I also have a summoning a familiar spell for you. Here we go. My servant that existed somewhere in this vast universe, my divine, beautiful, wise, powerful servant, heed my call. I wish from the very bottom of my heart that you shall appear pentagram of the five elemental powers grant your blessings upon this creature to bind it as my familiar blood of my blood you spirits of love come from below and from above entities loving who wish me well come to this circle when I sound the bell I will link both those spells on the Facebook and Instagram page if you want to come over and join me on there, so Facebook is at the White, so it's just the White Witch Company. Instagram is at the White Witch Company. If you would like to sign up for my new newsletter, the June issue has just gone out. Come over to my website, which is www.thewhitewitchcompany.co.uk. You can subscribe on there. It's a little witchy magazine that comes out each month and you will also get updates on anything regarding the podcast later on down the line my book also I have some merchandise coming out over the forthcoming month so so there's a sea witch line baby witch line and a green witch line and I have been living in those I absolutely love wearing my hoodie and my t-shirt so I'll keep you posted on that Thank you so much for all your reviews. There's been even more reviews. I'm so grateful, honestly, and just for all your messages as well. And if you do want to get in contact with me, 
you can drop me an email carly at the whitewitchcompany.co.uk and I am keen to hear about any books that you like reviewed any topics that you would like covered don't be a stranger drop me a line other than that have a great week which is I will catch up with you soon bye